Hello, it's Peter Wright and Kathleen Beauvais in Ontario, Canada, with another episode of The Yacking Show. This is the show that brings you business tips and ideas. First, let's introduce co-host Kathleen. Hi, Kathleen. How are you today? I'm doing great, Peter. Thank you so much. And thank you all for tuning in today. We so appreciate you. And uh, we are so privileged to have Crunch Ranjani today on the show. Um, Crunch is a chief content writer and founder of Crunch Ranjani Content. And today she will be yakking with us about content creation for purpose-driven professionals, entrepreneurs, and changemaker. Welcome to the show, Crunch. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm so excited to chat with you and yes with you. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. So to get us started, Crunch, can you give us a little bit about your background and what led you to start your own content creation business? Um, great question. So I started, well, this start, story starts maybe like 10 years ago when I first started traveling and I was backpacking around uh, South America and uh, just enjoying my life and I was traveling on my savings and at some point as savings do they ran out yes. <laughs> and I was like well I have to find something to do so that I can keep traveling because I wasn't ready to stop traveling and it so happened at that point someone reached out to me saying like hey Crunch I've read your travel blog would you be interested in writing show notes for podcasts with uh... me and I was like I have no idea firstly what a podcast is <laughs> secondly what show notes are but okay sounds interesting enough and um, I'll give it a shot. And from there, I kind of like got started in the online business world, kind of writing podcast show notes. And then that kind of evolved into like writing other forms of content for um, small business owners mm -hmm. who were, you know, looking for a writer because writing and creating your own content for your business is basically like a full-time job that, that nobody's paying you for, <laughs> right? right? So I started offering this service to more and more, so to more and more small business owners and it just kind of grew and evolved um, to become what it is today. And what I do today is basically I help uh, purpose-driven entrepreneurs, professionals, change makers um, feel lighter in their businesses by helping them simplify their content so that they can amplify their impact. <laughs> so Crunch, I just want to jump in if I can, uh, Peter, for one minute. Sure. So you said it just grew. Is Was there something that you were doing? It was it just word of mouth. How did it Gross to be so successful? Um, mainly it was through referrals and word of mouth, um, kind of like people just who worked with me and loved what I was doing or loved my work that I did for them. And they would tell their friends because I feel like um, in this day and age, everybody needs to have an online presence if you're running a business mm -hmm. so that your audience can find you. Because what are people doing when they have a problem? They head straight to Google and type mm -hmm. in, how do I fix my neck pain? <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. And then if your website appears because they're searching this um, with valuable information about how to solve their neck pain and like exercises that you can do to relieve neck pain and all this kind of like useful content that you've published on your website, that's how they're going to get to know you. They're going to like you. They're going to trust you and kind of like form that relationship with you. And eventually like they they realize like, oh, when I do need like more extensive help, this is the person that I'm going to seek out because they've already helped me with all the free content that they've been providing this far, you know? So um, I think it's just like being kind of a need that everybody has or a lot of business owners have, especially like smaller business owners who don't have a, a marketing person on their team to write their content for them. So 
they're very eager to outsource this. And when they find someone that they can trust, especially if it comes as a referral from someone that they knew that they know, um, they're very happy. To, yes, crutch, just take this off my plate. I don't ever want to think about another blog post or <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's brilliant. Well, well done. But now <clears throat> let's pick up on, on the people that you help. You you focus on three three categories, purpose-driven professionals, entrepreneurs, and change change makers. So that that sort of narrows down the people that you do work for. How important is it to to narrow that niche in in a small business's marketing and focus on a small group there? How have you found that? I think it is very important, and I'm sure like most business owners know that when you're speaking to everybody, you're speaking to nobody, right? Mm-hmm. Like we don't want people to be <laughs> to be speaking like to giving to be giving out this generic message that could apply to me and my dad and my dog. You know, like that's not the kind of people that we want to talk to. We want to talk to people who can identify with us on every level that makes a difference to us. And that's why it's so important to find your niche. And I feel like people get confused about like what your niche should be or like how narrow it should be. But I think like as long as you're clear about, you know, the person that you're working with, like their values, their beliefs, like what drives them, what keeps them up at night, you know, like what problems do they have that they need solving? These are the kind of questions that you want to answer. And um, when you can figure out how exactly your solution or your unique personality or your unique, you know, perspective of life fits in with them and the problems that they Mm -hmm. have, that's when you find that niche, right? Like that's the perfect niche that you can work with. And like people will be like, oh, yes, Crunch understands exactly what I mean. You know, when I'm sitting, she understands exactly how I feel when I'm sitting in front of my computer and staring at that blank google doc with that cursor blinking <laughs> and then you're just like oh no it's mocking me it, it feels <laughs> it, it's judging me and and then you just like click out of it because you can't stand the judgment from that cursor and you know like when i say things in that specific way i'm not just talking to people who are like oh i don't know what to write on my content i'm talking about the person who has experienced this very like visceral experience of mm-hmm. you know Having that moment, oh my goodness, what am I writing? This casa is mocking me. <laughs> right. You know, and it, yeah. it triggers that that incentive to like want to work with them. So once you have your niche and you're very clear about who you serve, like it becomes so much easier to speak to them because you sure. can talk to them exactly like how they would speak, you know. Right. So very good. So you actually work with people from all over the world. Are there any significant differences in content preferences between North Americans, Asian or European clients? I would say that the short answer is no. I mean, in terms of communication, like the words you might use are different, perhaps, Mm -hmm. like you might write things in a slightly different way to capture their tone or to speak to their audience in a in a slightly different way using like different terminology for example or different slang or whatever but i think um ultimately in terms of content preferences people all over the world are eager to get um valuable information that is useful and timely you know that that re- that speaks to their problems and offers them a solution at the moment that they need the solution so i think keeping this as you know, at the forefront of your content creation efforts, like regardless of whether you're in North America or Europe or Africa or Asia or wherever in the world you are, your audience 
just needs people to solve their problems, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? So mm -hmm. if you're thinking to solving people's problems, you're always going to be relevant and you're always going to be interesting to the people that you're serving. And I think the other part of that is also that people these days are very, I think we're exposed to so much information and so much advertising and so much, you know, messaging from all kinds of brands all the time mm -hmm. that we become very kind of attuned to whether people are trying to sell us. Mm -hmm. And second, you get a whiff of like, oh, they're trying to sell us. It's just like, <laughs> okay, I don't want to read this anymore. So I think the key with whatever kind of content you're creating in like wherever your audience is in the world, the key is to come like to present your information, not in a way that you're like selling to them, like not that, you know, I'm going to share this information, but with the caveat that I'm going to sell to you at the end of this because people don't like that. I'm sure you've been at the end, the yes. receiving end and it feels really disgusting. It's just like, <laughs> oh, they don't see me as, a human, they see me as, right. you know, as money in their bank account. <laughs> and it, it it makes you feel really gross. Right. So like if you avoid that and, you know, present your content or copy and, you know, all the information that you're sharing with them with um, the real true intention of actually wanting to help people regardless of whether they buy or not, mm -hmm. that's when people will be more inspired to buy and work with you eventually. Maybe not like immediately, but down the road like three months six months a year down the road once right. they've built that relationship with you and the importance mm -hmm. of being authentic and genuine exactly and that has to come through in the content right yes absolutely mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so you've talked about the message the importance of the message and how and <clears throat> setting out to help people uh, what are you seeing in in trends in content preparation as far as structure design um, how it's put together in the website. Are we seeing trends emerging? I, I'll throw one in that I noticed was the sort of minimalist design of websites that came in not that long ago. I see a lot of companies seem to be backing away from that slightly and putting a little bit more color and content. So, so what are the trends you can tell our audience about? I think um, one of the trends that I've noticed is that people really resonate with content um, that speaks to them on a very personal level or like mm -hmm. that they know that somebody is speaking to them personally so like for example I think this is something that bigger brands like Nike and you know those brands with like multi-billion marketing multi-billion dollar marketing um, teams that they have started doing is that when they send you emails the email comes from Terry at Nike because mm -hmm. that makes it feel more personable that right, Terry right. from Nike is sending me an email not just Nike the giant corporation is sending me an email you mm -hmm. know because we want to have that personal connection with other humans right like we're three years into a pandemic and we've spent the last two years and a half or something just being stuck behind screens right like we, we're craving that human connection so more and more I think brands that show up with their people like the humans mm -hmm. that are behind the brand, when you put them front and center, those are the kinds of things that are going to make an impact on your audience. Mm -hmm. Like people are going to speak more to that, to those uh, kinds of marketing efforts, whether it's, you know, like a day in the life of our intern, Susanna, or, you know, like it's not really how your product or service can solve their problem, but you are showing them that, hey, if you buy from us, Terry, the intern, or like, you know, Susanna, the intern or whatever, they're going to have some sort of benefit, like you're mm -hmm. actually helping them. Like, so 
I think that's become one of the focal points of marketing efforts um, recently. The other thing um, that I've noticed is also that like values have become very front and center, mm -hmm. like recently in the last couple of years that people are um, moving more towards brands that showcase their values, their beliefs, like what they're doing to, you know, solve the problems of the world, so to speak, right? Sure. And we want to buy from brands that we have the same kinds of values. Like I'm not going to, as far as possible, I try to avoid Amazon because I don't agree with what Jeff Bezos <laughs> is doing. You know, like sometimes it's unavoidable because like there is no other alternative, but as much as possible, I try not to because I just don't agree with what, how they treat their workers and all of that. So that's important to us. Mm -hmm. And I think the younger generations, especially like they are very, very aware of, you know, companies that are doing more for like environmental efforts mm -hmm. for in efforts in terms of like sustainability, paying their workers well, you know, profit sharing. These are things that are important to the newer generation. And it's important for us to, you know, speak to them in a way that captures this, this part of them that craves that idea that like, okay, co this corporation or this company is doing something good on, with their dollars that I'm giving them. Right, they want to know that their dollars are going to a good place. So, mm -hmm. highlighting that on your website somewhere is, I think, going to be something that makes the difference between like whether your brand is successful or not. Um, and I think, um, in terms of like you mentioned structure and design, another thing that I think is becoming like on the upward rise is kind of uh things to do with accessibility. Mm -hmm. So that's been a conversation yeah. that's been happening recently in the interwebs about you know making content more accessible how can we make a podcast more accessible by putting a transcript on the website so that people who can't hear have access to like reading it mm -hmm. or to put alternate text on images so that people with visual impairments can have access to what's in yep. the image right um these kinds of things are coming to the forefront and if you're not doing these things you're gonna fall behind and you know you're losing out on I think like there's some statistic that I can't remember right now, but it's something like an incredible number, like a percentage that's much larger, larger than we would imagine are people who have accessibility needs, yeah. you know, like whether that's visual or audi auditory or, you know, any other type of accessibility needs. Um, they make up like a huge portion of our population that we don't kind of cater to when we only focus on putting out videos or with videos without captions, for example or podcasts without transcripts, or mm -hmm. we only focus on writing things or putting up images that don't have alt text. We're leaving out this huge market segment. Why would we do that? <laughs> Why would we intentionally, voluntarily shrink our audience when we can very simply, like it doesn't take a lot of effort to make True. our content more accessible. And you know, sure. once you've in, like, built in the systems and processes to create accessible content, you just keep doing it in that way. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, and there's another one. Thinking about while you were talking there, that still, and I'm sometimes guilty of this myself. Particularly older people forget that most of younger people access websites on their mobile phones and not on a computer. Right? And a lot of a lot of businesses don't optimize their websites for access by mobile phone. That there's another very good point too. Mm -hmm. Good, thank you. Absolutely. What has the impact of AI generated content been on your business? Do you see it as a positive or a negative? That's a question that I think a lot of people are keen to ask, like copywriters and content writers, because they're like, oh, why would I hire 
a copywriter or a content writer because you know chat gpt can do the same thing for me and there i would um caution you that if you depend too much on chat gpt uh you are the one who's going to be losing out because yeah. um firstly i think like a bigger one of the biggest things to keep in mind is that google is currently penalizing ai generated content or this is what i've read in like industry reports and stuff that google is not prioritizing content that's been created by ai uh, i don't know at this point if that's you know anything that comes out of a chatbot like that you've copied and pasted over to your website like if that's the only thing that's being penalized or if you know you use whatever chat gpt or an ai produces for you and edit that in some way and then use that on your website if those are still being penalized as well um that's not clear to me at this point but you know that's something to keep in mind um mm -hmm. that if you are putting content from ai on your website in the hopes that it will help you rank in seo maybe that's not a great strategy unless you have you know an seo expert or a copywriter or a content writer kind of look over your content and help you edit it for seo optimization you know um the other thing is that i think that chat gpt or any ai bots um in terms of writing content for your website or for social media it's a great starting point but it mm -hmm. can't be you know like whatever it produces is not usually ready for you to just copy and paste it over to your website because what ChatGPT produces is what you give it, right? Like it can only produce as much as your input is. Its output is defined by your input. So if you tell it like, write me a social media caption for Instagram, it will write you something generic that any Tom, Dick or Harry could have written. Where that's lacking is that it doesn't capture your personality, you know, mm -hmm. like your brand values, your brand voice. None of that is being captured. And then your audience is also kind of like, oh, Crunch does not speak like this. Who wrote this for her? You know? So that's something to keep in mind. And I don't know. Um, it's a good starting point for you to like kind of like generate ideas or do a little bit of research or, you know, that kind of stuff. But I wouldn't depend depend on it entirely for all of your content creation needs. So I think like for me personally as a content writer, like ChatGPT has been an interesting kind of tool that I've been enjoying playing with. <laughs> um, because I do think there's benefit. Like if you know how to work with ChatGPT, it can produce some things that are quite decent that you can, you know, elaborate on or tweak sure. and edit and, you know, get something for much less effort. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, you, you're absolutely correct. You know, we, we do that to, for, to generate content, but we never publish anything as it comes out of ChatGPT. <laughs> we, we, we change it quite a lot. And what we've noticed over three, four, five months using it, it tends to produce a lot of stuff from the same mold so if anyone you know for instance if we were to rely it solely for youtube descriptions they would look at this and say oh these these guys are using exactly the same template for every different episode <laughs> so uh, sometimes we discard everything sometimes but we always edit a lot we don't we don't just put it out there we've also found and i found uh, following other marketing guys that chat gpt in particular sometimes invents things that are not real Right. We've That's had true. several examples of that. Um, somebody asked, give me five sources. I can't even remember what it was for, for this. And it came up with five sources and two of them were totally fictitious. Right? They, they were not genuine. Right. So exactly. yeah, another reason you've got to be a little bit careful with, with some of those. So our audience, Crunch, our audience is mainly entrepreneurs, small, small business owners, um, solo professionals and some corporate marketers. 
but let's focus on the small business owners and, and the sort of categories of people you look after. Times are somewhat unsettled at the moment, you know, and I don't like looking at negatives, but a lot of people are worried about inflation, the crash of the dollar, war in Ukraine, all sorts of things. So, so things are a little bit unsettled. But what's one tip you would give our small business audience that they should focus on today or tomorrow to try and improve their business? Um, that's a good question. I think my biggest tip for business owners in this climate is that you should still remain consistent with your content mm-hmm. and how you show up for mm-hmm. your audience. Because yeah. like, you know, like, okay, maybe people are not ready to spend their dollars right now, but in three months they will be, or in six mm-hmm. months they will be. And at that time, you've spent this entire time kind of like communicating with them, providing them with valuable tips, information, and all kinds of value. And they will remember that six months down the road when they're ready, like, oh, look, I have all this money now to spend on whatever it is. I'm going to spend it on the guy who's been, you know, sharing with me all this information who hasn't just like disappeared and ghosted on me just because like he thought that I didn't have the money to spend, right? Because like that ebbs and flows, but Mm -hmm. what's important is staying consistent through all of that. It's kind of like investing, right? Like the market goes up, the market goes down, you lose some, you win some and the outcome at the end is always better than when you started, right? So um, I think like um, on that point, um, something that I think people get confused with or get kind of overwhelmed with, especially when it comes to like sharing content, is they think that being consistent means being constantly on social media or online. Mm. But that's not true, right? Sure. Like you can be consistent without constantly spending every single minute on social media. You can be nice. consistently producing one podcast episode a week or yep. one blog post a month, but you do it every single month. You do it every right. single week. People know that rhythm. People get to, you know, understand that rhythm and they trust that every Tuesday at 9 a.m. there's going to be a new podcast episode. They come to rely on that. And then when you disappear on a Tuesday at 9 a.m., they're like, their whole life falls apart. (laughs) That's a bit of an exaggeration. But, you know, like, that's just what I mean. Like, consistency helps you build that relationship. And when you fail to show up, like, people lose trust in you and they stop, like, depending on on your podcast, for example. Um, but that doesn't mean that you have to be online on Monday, Wednesday, oh. Thursday, and Friday. You just right. have to show up right. on Tuesdays. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And if you don't show up on Tuesday and they want to listen to a podcast, they'll go and find another one to listen to, and they might right. stick with that one, right? So, mm-hmm. Because that yeah. other person's not ghosting them every three weeks. <laughs> that's right. No, so, very good point. Consistency, yeah. Kathleen, yes, back to you. absolutely. So, Crunch, if I was to call you, um, to contact you as a client, what initial steps would you take with me? Uh, great question. So I love to make sure that we are a fit for each other. I mean, I'm a good writer and I'm sure you have a fantastic business, but sometimes we're just not a fit, right? So, um, we'll hop on a call. We'll talk about like your content needs or your email needs or whatever it is, um, that you're looking for support with, and then come up with like a, a package for you. And then we'll do a trial. I always do like a trial project with them to see like whether you like my style, whether I like working with you, whether, you know, like it's just a match made in heaven. (laughs) Right. So after that, then we'll decide like whether we want to go forward or we part ways on, you know, like friendly terms, like, yeah, great, but not for me right now. Right. And then like if we decide to work together, it's usually like a six term retainer contract because I often have to spend a lot of time kind of like going through like your podcast to get your Mm -hmm. voice and 
to learn your brand voice, to learn all of that, kind of like make sure that I have your voice in my head when I'm writing for you so that it sounds exactly like you and your audience isn't just like, who have you hired? Like, <laughs> which chat GPT is writing this article? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True. Right? So it is a lot of investment on my type of, on, on my part. So like I like to do a longer term working relationship. And I also find that um, especially with content, um, the returns kind of like show up a little bit further sure. down the road. It's not like you post an article today, you're going to get 20 leads tomorrow. No. That's no. not how it works, right? It mm. takes three months or six months for like search engines to realize like, oh, you're put putting out content consistently and it's valuable content that people like. So we're going to keep showing this to more people, more traffic to your website, more leads, more clients. It's, you know, like a trickle down effect and it does take sure. time. So having that six months relationship works. <laughs> Yeah, you're correct. We were talking earlier today or yesterday that I picked up one of our episodes that we published at the end of 2000 and no, mid 2020, another one early 2021 on a certain topic. I just noticed on from our website that those, because all our podcasts go onto our website as well, that we had viewers on those two years, two years later. So it shows you the value of evergreen content. You know, we get a lot more that go back six months, 12 months, people going to look at them. That's the value of evergreen content, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So here's one Here's one for you. We ask all our business guests, and, and especially we like to hear from our successful guests, and you've been very successful. Uh, if you look at all the people you've met, that you've worked with, and perhaps some you haven't, is there a single characteristic or mindset that differentiates those who become successful business leaders from those that remain average? And I mean success in a, in a broad sense, not just accumulating wealth, being happy, finding purpose in life. Is there one thing or is it more complicated? I would say it's probably more complicated, but I think um, speaking to like business success, I think for a lot of business owners that I know, like being able to show up as themselves for mm -hmm. their businesses, especially if they're small business owners where their clients have very close interactions with them and you know they have these deep relationships with their clients right their clients know them they like them they they i think at that point being able to get that glimpse into you know the person's personal life or you know whatever else is going on in your life like mm -hmm. you're not just the person who runs this business you're also a parent you are I don't know you enjoy taking walks you enjoy cooking you enjoy like a multitude of different things and I think when we show up with the multitudes that make up ourselves in our businesses that's how you find success because that way you can I mean it personalizes the business for other mm -hmm. people right then it humanizes the business humanizes like the sure we're not just working with like Nike, that's a giant corporation and we don't really care about Terry from marketing who's sending us an email. We're, we're, caring with, we're working with Peter, you know, who who is interested in books and who's interested in going to the countryside or mm -hmm. whatever. And we know these things about them. And therefore, like, I think those relationships flourish and then your business flourishes and also like the rest of your life. So I think trying to not you know like put up those barriers between your lives obviously like boundaries are important but you know not having that separation of work and life in mm -hmm. that sense of you know like my clients should never know if i'm having a bad day <laughs> they want to know if you're having a bad day because they care about you yes that's right. <laughs> you know? yeah it, you, you know, know so i think that's important i absolutely agree with that crunch because i'll give you an example and this is 
people are drawn to people's personal stories. They really are because it just humanizes them and makes them relatable. I'll, I'll give you an example. There's a, a business on this woman who who's a, really does live Facebook videos all the time. She's uh, she's out of Quebec and she sells makeup and she does her makeup on screen in, through live Facebook. But she's more than that. She get, gets on camera and she talks about her children. She talks about, uh, you know, illnesses that she may have had or she she's traveling and she actually you're going on vacation with her because she's videoing her vacation. And do you know her sales jumped up and she was talking about this from 250,000 to 2 million dollars. What? Just wow. by talking about herself and just, you know, putting herself out there. That's the impact of what a personal connection can do for a business. That's mm-hmm. absolutely agree with that. Yeah. So how do people contact you, Crunch? They need content. How do they contact you? Uh, you can reach out to me via my website. I actually have like a content ideas freebie for business owners if they are struggling to figure out like what to post. Right. So there's a freebie that you can download. Um, but my website is crunchranjani.com. Uh, you can also connect with me on LinkedIn and Instagram. I'm also on Facebook, but not super active on there. So LinkedIn or Instagram on my website are perfect, you know, get in touch. I would be more than happy to set up a, a time for us to chat and see what content support can look like for your business and how that can, you know, amplify your impact in the world. Wonderful. Excellent. Thank you very much. And for our audio listeners, all those details will be in the description uh, on whatever platform you listen to this podcast on, plus, of course, our website. And if we have an interesting guest, we've had an interesting guest today. We'll have more coming next week. If you'd like to make sure you don't miss the news of our forthcoming guests while you're on the website, sign up for our weekly newsletter. We only send you one email a week, theyackingshow.com. Thanks, Crunch. Back to Kathleen. Well, thank you. Thank you again, Crunch, for being on the show today. We so appreciated having you. And thank you all again for tuning in. And if anyone is interested in being a guest on our show, all you need to do is go to theyackingshow.com, click on the contacts tab, where you will find a very short application form. We'd love to hear from you. And please let us know what topics are of interest to you. Please let us know in the uh, the comments section. We'd love again to hear from you. So until next time, take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.